Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Really proud of these guys. Uh, lose those three guys and uh, be down four and have to get stops, which we weren't getting really. Um, and they just got back and. Bryson did a great job defensively, and Buddy has not played it forward, but he got back in there, did a pretty good job. Uh, we got a couple key turnovers there and turned them around to the other end. This is the first game we missed key foul shots. We missed about six potential points, two front ends, and then a couple more. Um, and yet, you know, we were able to overcome that, and that's what you have to do in these games. Uh, they really played defense at the end. I mean, I Jesse in the it's fitting that we win the game on Jesse getting the ball to Bryson and Bryson gets it in the basket. Um, <laughs> that was a heck of a play. Two freshmen uh, who don't play much. I don't know if you got a chance to ask him, but did Jesse intentionally tip it to, to Bryson? Well, yeah, he was trying to get the ball. I don't know if he was saw where it was going, but he was trying to hit it, and it happened to. We got a good bounce for a change. We didn't get some bounces for a while. Rick was never out of bounds, you know, and he doesn't get technicals. I mean, he can't point up the thing, but he, he was never out of bounds. <laughs> That's a hard call to take, you know. Usually, if you're out of bounds or close, maybe, but he wasn't, he, you, you couldn't see the play because he wasn't out of bounds. But, and uh, Buddy did a good job at forward. We'll maybe play that group some now. How much does Buddy practice at that forward spot? No, almost never. Almost never. He he volunteered, so I said okay, that's good. He knows how to play. Well, the crowd was great. It was the crowd. We, you know, we can't hear those guys, but the crowd was tremendous. They made a big difference at the end of that game. Huge, huge difference. Marek was not out of bounds, but do you, that pointing at the at the I told you that. I already said that. You can't do that. He pointed at the scoreboard. Or it's a picture. What's, that's not that bad, but it was to him. So, but, you know, he should have known he missed the call. He shouldn't have called a technical. <laughs> Did they give an explanation on their view of the call? He didn't see. I don't think he saw it. He thought he was out, but I don't think he even saw it. It's one of those things. Okay, we'll see you Tuesday. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning into the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you the fans' voice. Welcome. Happy Sunday. Happy Bush Clash day. Hmm. Uh, Still not over. And uh, <laughs> rate, review, and subscribe. Whatever platform you listen, uh, we appreciate that. We thank everybody who has already done so. So it was Bryson Goodine for the win as Syracuse narrowly escapes a quad three loss at home. Uh, edging out Wake Forest 75-73 to in the Dome. And Syracuse will get ready to face off against... 
NC State Tuesday at 7 o'clock in the Dome before um, heading out to get hit some opponents on the road, some top 10 opponents on the yep. road. So uh, got another home game to look forward to, uh, a team that uh, we'll get into in the second half like we always do, but they seem... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll let Joe explain it. That's what Joe does. That's why. He, that's why I hired him. So, that's. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, um, we want to get into all that. We're going to get into this. We're going to get to your feedback. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you. But first, we're going to hear from the folks over at my bookie. So listen, if you are interested in sportsbook uh, betting online. I have a place where you can go, and I also have a deal for you to take advantage of. Look, the XFL is a thing now. You can bet on those games. You can continue to bet on college basketball. Um, you know, I think you can even bet on college lacrosse. College lacrosse has started up. So, um, attention, attention, attention. Past, present, and future. My bookie players. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all that come to play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. If you got any questions, as I've said before, uh, my bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. They can answer any of the questions you have. And when you've decided that maybe it's for you and you want to try it out, take advantage of this order, offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit using the promo code CHAIR. That's C-H-A-I-R. My bookie. We'll match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart that bankroll. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit using the promo code chair. And mybookie will match you dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. Um, thank you, mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid, mybookie. So, a couple things real quick. Uh, the lady, the orange ladies. They uh, they edged out uh, uh, number five Louisville at home in the dome today, fifty nine to fifty one. So, congratulations to them, Hitting, yeah. getting the signature wins. Unlike, there you go. <laughs> we're still the men are still searching for their signature win, but um, the ladies, congratulations to them. It's a good game. So, yep. Um, now. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, I wanted to correct something I said before. Joe, J- Joe, we actually went over off the air um, at the end of the last show, which was when I said that our best win was against Virginia Tech. It is not Virginia Tech is dropping like a rock. Our best win is actually against Virginia. So yeah, um, to that point. Anyway, so um, <clears throat> let's see, let's see, let's see, let's get into this, and then we'll get into your thoughts. Uh, Syracuse was up by as many as sixteen in the second half before finding themselves down by four with about five five and a half minutes left, roughly. Um, Brahma, Quincy, and Mark they rode the pine. Uh, Hughes threw up a contested three with the game tied at seventy three. It rimmed out. It was deflected by Edwards to Goodine, who scored the game winner for the Orange. And um, sometimes, most of the time, we don't get those bounces. It rolled just perfectly in, in I mean, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been ugly. The good. Yeah. First of all, we won. It's a game we had to win. It was a quad three game. We had to win it. We had to, had to, had to. So we won. That's good. Uh, Buddy and Hughes, they played, they did their thing. They combined for 43 of Syracuse's 75 points. 10 for 10 from the line for the first half. That's good. Syracuse finished from 80% from the line, which isn't terrible. It's, it's okay. Uh, even yeah. even though, uh, and we'll talk about a little bit about that on the flip side here. Um, even though it was late, Syracuse did manage to send Sar to the bench with five fouls. And, I mean, it was a little bit too late, but they still did it. And, you know, kudos. That's good. Uh, the, the crowd. 
They roared back in this game after being down themselves. And the Dome yeah. was rocking to a finish. Uh, the crowd just lit it up right when they needed to. Good, good, good. The bad. Gary A. and Sadibi each played 15 minutes total. Uh, they both fouled out in those 15 minutes. Mm. That, that's bad. Syracuse lost the rebounding battle 44-34. to 34. That's bad. And while the Orange did shoot 80%, like I mentioned, at the line, there were some crucial missed free throws down the stretch. Two uh, Front ends of two one-and-ones. Uh, that were missed, and unfortunately, just you know, um, it made it that much harder. Joe Girard, one for six from three, and he's a, in a bit of a slump. That's bad. The ugly. Now, listen, I'll take back all the times I have put the officials into my ugly category, which is one, but I'm taking it back. Why am I taking it back? Because I would have never intentionally cheapened a moment like this with putting uh, one of those in there. So set aside all the questionable ticky-tack stuff. Knowing what I know now, what I woke up and, and read this morning from Syracuse.com, and I put it back on Facebook if you want to check it out, um, about the dull tech. I feel like that whole sequence wasn't just ugly. It was egregious. Uh, to not only make the wrong call and give the other team the ball, but to issue a technical when the player points it out. And we could go, you know, should he be pointing at the monitor? I mean, what? who cares? Probably Guys, not. Probably, probably not. Probably not. They do it in football all the time, college. They do it in basketball too. The guy got the guy had said it was reported that he said he was embarrassed, and so he teed Mark up. That's an emotional response to a mistake you made, and you're gonna you're gonna take it out on a, on a college basketball player. I think it's pathetic. I think it's pathetic. Mm. Yeah, I mean you can say that again. I. Kind of go on the side of air on the oh. side of not blaming the refs like oh, I normally do. Up. I do think that there were some missed calls and obviously um, the fouls that Sadibi and Garrier had. Uh, they some kind of bad. they kind of well they, you can say they were bad and there's there were some bad ones but they earned some of those ones. No, I'm, I mean, I'm saying they were bad. It was bad on them mostly. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So again, uh, it was all just kind of situational in the way that everything happened that made it look really really bad. I think. The one thing that kind of made it bad was that you have the kind of a, what the play where but the guy pretty much blocked or put his shoulder into Buddy Beheim, right? And oh my gosh, it was they terrible. called the yeah. normal they called the normal foul. Yeah. I mean, I saw another play where Dolzhai got pushed in the back, and Sar ended up getting the rebound and, and putting it back for two. So, um, yeah, I think uh, there was definitely a little bit of you know. Um, the referees kind of taking away some of the momentum of the game and, and kind of prolonging it, so to speak. But I really, when, you know, I look back and watched it again, uh, the one thing that I saw was that, you know, we were up 10, somewhere around 10 minutes to go in the second half. And we had a play where Gary Eric had a bounce pass it to Elijah Hughes. Yeah. Had an easy layup for two uh, to go up 12. And instead, he ended up getting a charge. We don't get the two. He gets his fourth foul. They come down and hit a shot. The next thing you know, um, less than one, one and a half minutes later, they got it within four. And Well, that was what? white, too. That was white. That was and- yeah. Andrew Around white the nine-minute mark threes, and yeah. somewhere in the eight-minute mark, you had Gary, Gary Air get his fifth, and then Sadibi come in five seconds later and get his fifth. So that whole... That whole situation, that whole two minutes from being up 10 with and that play happening at 10 minutes and then getting down to eight minutes where you're down to Dolzhai is your only big man that normally plays with the other two followed out. Uh, 
that right there swung the momentum. And obviously then everything happened with, you know, the, the buddy Bayheim called that wasn't called the flagrant. And then there was the hook and hold. They called on Dolajai for his fourth file, then his technical file that he had after they missed a call. So, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm very, very surprised. I mean, this reminded me of the game. I forget exactly the game, but uh, it was another uh, game where we had these guys in foul trouble, and Jesse Edwards came in and got some minutes, and we couldn't quite pull it out. And Wasn't Clemson? Yeah, I think it was Clemson, actually, yeah. yeah. And, you know, now we saw a situation where it happened again, and Jesse Edwards came in, and he made some big plays. He had two steals, hit, hit a big free throw, and... Uh, you know, got Gadine coming in. So, if anything, I think it just maybe gave Beheim. Uh, you know, he talked about it a little bit in his presser, but um, the option against small teams to put Buddy down on the wing and allow Gadine to come in and uh, play alongside Joe Girard in, in that top of the two-three zone. I think that's an option. Gadine, he's he's very active at the top of that two-three zone. I think the only reason we don't see him that often is because I don't know if he trusts his ball handling and getting the ball up the court. So. That's why I think we've seen Howard Washington come in for Joe Girard, but in that instance, Joe Girard was still in the game, and uh, we didn't really have – Buddy was the next tallest guy, right? So he had to go down there. But I think he kind of proved that he could play down there oh, and gives us options, I think. I think he's think, really in good down lineup. there. He's built for down there. I think his size, he's built for down there. Yeah, and that gives us so. – like I said, it gives us options for our lineup. If Gadine ends up – again, people, if they don't remember, I mean, he was the highest-rated recruit that came in in this class, so – uh, if he gets to the point where he does gain his confidence and you know getting the getting the basket like that can probably help. You know, Beheim said he's been practicing better, but it's kind of trying to get him in there. And as long as Buddy and Joe are at the top of that two three zone, he's probably not going to get that many minutes. And then if he doesn't trust him to have to come in and, and, and actually bring the ball up to to kind of get Joe Girard some rest, then he's going to put in Howard Washington because otherwise it's just Elijah Hughes who's really the only guy capable of bringing the ball up. Um, confidently um so i think that's where we're at but i think it kind of gave him a little bit of an idea so i wouldn't be surprised if we don't see that that lineup at some point this year it's kind of against smaller teams it's kind of crazy um how it kind of happened with in a desperate a moment of desperation you might have figured out some kind of combination that can be used in certain situations that that might actually be good and you know how long's how long's um, um, Goodine had the been wearing the mask? It's been a while. It's been a little while now, yeah. And you know, he, you know, maybe he's getting more used to it. But uh, you know, on the flip well, side, we've of seen that, glimpses, where, right? Yeah, he's very active when he's out there on defense. He's long. He's more of the traditional guard that's up there at the top of the two-three zone. I know that he's got scoring ability and. Uh, we've seen flashes of of that, and uh, and he can go and get the ball on offense. He's gotten some offensive rebounds as well, so he's active when he's in there. It's just wh- how do you fit him in there? How do you get him in the rotation? So if we're having problems with guys down low scoring, or maybe we're playing against a shorter team where we can get away with putting Buddy and Elijah on the the wings, then that gives us a, a, another option. Gives us a different different bullet in the gun, so to speak. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Goodine was in, well, he played for six minutes. He got two rebounds, one offensive, one defense. CDB was in for 15 minutes, and um, he got two rebounds as well and two points. And that's yeah. exactly what Goodine did in, in six minutes. So, um, yeah. you know, we got to, you know, it's it, a lot of the foul trouble they bring, they have brought it upon themselves. Like coach said in the presser, Mark's good for about two bad fouls a game. 
whether it be over the back <laughs> or grabbing for a rebound yeah. that's already been grabbed, you know, some kind of reach in, some kind of, you know, some kind of. I thought the charge he tried to get was a little, eh, like, why yeah. do that? Yeah, why bother? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just got to give up the play and, and, and it may mean not give up, but you know, you know what I'm saying. No, just play make smarter it than tough. That. Yeah, make, make it hard. Make it hard. But yeah. Don't foul. Yeah. And, and, and back to, back to. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Buddy Beheim getting tackled out of bounds. Like, that is that is unfathomable how that was not called a flagrant foul. That dude was not playing the ball at all. It wasn't even close. It I don't was, think he ever touched the ball. He didn't, he didn't go after the ball. He went after Buddy. And I'm yeah, like, I, I thought, much. I'm a, I was, oh my gosh, man. I was so fired up and sitting here watching that. I was so pissed off. But, hey, look, this is a whole nother conversation if we lose this game. I'm so glad that we don't have to sit here and talk about how bad the officiating was in it being a loss. 
Because it honestly yeah. it makes it that much worse. Because I don't want to sound like I'm blaming the rest for anything, but it was clear yesterday. It was clear last night during that game how mm. bad how bad it was. And that is a that is a a veteran group of officials too. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. My brother-in-law yeah. texted me and he said, you know, um, I was a little bit, I was a lot younger, but I don't remember it being, getting boned on calls like this in the Big East, especially at home. And and Joe, right. I mean, I don't remember either, but. I just, I don't, like again, I'm on the side of basically, a lot of that was just the timing of everything. The timing of the Gary Air play and, and then the run and then some of the, the foul outs and stuff like that. Because you really can't blame those refs for the calls they had when Guerriere and Sidibe fouled out. I mean, their last th- three fouls that they had were yeah, no, were legit. You know, yeah. it was kind of on us. I mean, I, agree. I do agree that if our main guys and our you know Guerriere and, and Dojai stay in there, then we probably win it. Obviously, a little bit more handily. But uh, I just I think it was a lot of it was timing. The fact that I think the momentum kind of shifted when Guerriere got his fourth, and we didn't get that that two on one basket, and then it turned into just situations where two guys fall out and then there's a, a call that they miss. And I'm not saying they didn't miss calls, but I don't think that it was as bad. I just, as bad as it looked, I think it was a lot of just the timing of how everything happened with the run. And I mean, it, we wouldn't have looked at it like crazy if Wake Forest ever got within seven points. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, it's easy to blame the refs, like I said. And I mean, there was plenty of people talking about the refs. I'm sure we're going to get to that come fan feedback. So it comes down to what you said. Like it's, it was a, it would have been a quadrant three loss. It would have been our worst loss. And in the situation we're in, we couldn't lose that. So no matter what happened, no matter how bad some people think that we looked, uh, that was a must win and, and we got it. Yep. So speaking of fan feedback, here we go. to hear from you the loud mouths from the loud house all right y'all know what to do at the end of every game i propose a question to give your thoughts you do so i read them sometimes we pick them we talk about them on the show so let's start with let's start with our good buddy here accus water boy it only takes the worst refs ever to wake up the crowd apparently uh, through all the terrible calls through the team uh, through all the terrible calls though the team pushed through and big ups to Goodine on the game-winning putback. Always take an ugly win over a pretty loss. Still work to do, but we're alive, baby. Let's go, Orange. So, um, yeah, the, the great point because that is what happened. The, the, the crowd got upset with the officiating, and it, it woke the sleeping giant. Literally, uh, just about sleeping giant. So um, they were fantastic. Uh, to finish that game out, and I retweeted a um, a live shot from like section two ten or something like that of that play, and in the crowd, it gave me goosebumps, man, when he's sitting there and, and filming that from from the uh, stands. Pretty cool. So if you couldn't yeah. be if you couldn't be there, check it out. And um, and the fouls, yeah, the fouls were bad. It was, I mean, again, there were some bad fouls. I don't think overall. Um, but there was a lot, even on Facebook, there was a lot, I don't know how many you have as far as on Twitter goes, but, um, Steve Maley from Facebook, he's one of three who said something about the, the refs, but I'm just going to pick one. Um, again, this game officials are not up to the standard for a league at this high a level. Incompetent is a mild criticism. 15 of 20 fouls called, called are on our bigs. Bad game from Hughes and Dolly. 
hopefully that's out of their system, it's a win. Yeah, it's a win. You know, like I said, when I got to looking at the box score and I saw that Sidibe played 15 minutes and Gary A, Gary A played 15 minutes and they both fouled out, that makes me extremely nervous. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is a big problem. That's got to get, and like Coach said in the presser, like he thought that this should be fixed. Like we should be learning from this already. These these avoidable ones, you, they really have to be conscious of this stuff. Gary A not bouncing that pass over to Hughes was a terrible mistake. I was no. expecting that. That could have lit the crowd up too. By the way, you know, no. you, you know and, what I'm saying. And that's yeah, and and that's a good point too. With fifteen of our twenty fouls called, we're on the three that fouled out, right? Yeah. So. And, I mean, I don't really know how much this is a bad game from Hughes. I don't know how bad of a game. I mean, he could have shot better from the field, but I think he shot pretty well from the free throw line. What, 11 to 13, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, and, 11 uh, 13. He did have, what, 20 points, and he was really actually – I'm really – I mean, I know he had a couple kind of bad shots, but there was definitely – you could see um, him trying to get to the free throw wow. line, you know, draw some fouls and stuff like that. So I thought that there were some smart plays out there by him at the end of the game to uh, keep us in it. Probably his worst shot of the game was the last one he took. Yeah, probably. Right? Up until that point, he was doing well at pump faking, getting people in the air, and getting to the free throw line. So Yeah, he did a fantastic fantastic job one time towards the end of the game there. And, you know, 11 for 13. When you look at the falls and you say it's 80%, it's not bad. It's really not bad. Like, I'll, I, I'm okay with that. Um, and it wasn't bad. It was Gary A, 7 for 8. That's really good. Elijah Hughes, 11 for 13. That's really good. Dolajai, 5 for 6. That's really good. But then, you, yep. get, you know, Jesse Edwards, 1 for 2. That's not terrible. I expect that. Beheim, 0 for 1. He missed, he missed the front end of a 1 and 1. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, when you look at it individually, it's not bad. But, you know, I mean, whatever. It was timely in this game. It, it was timely, just, exactly. It was like five were of talking, them. Yeah, the refs were talking about how, like, no team had missed a free throw, like, in the first half or something, and how they were all shooting good. And then. They started missing shots. So <laughs> yeah, I know uh, that's the broadcaster curse. I really hate when they start talking about foul shots. Yeah, me too. At dfin one on Twitter, these games are giving me all kinds of nervous system problems. <laughs> I love that. It's so true. Another exciting uh-huh. game. Even the game we lost, we were close and exciting. Even the games we lost were close and exciting. The bench came up big. The refs are awful in the ACC. Yes, the ACC refs, uh, but the the bench. Um, do you expect, Joe, to see, you know, we, we touched on it, but do you expect to see this type of lineup, maybe Bryson getting some more burn over, over Howard? Bryson's a threat to score. And, you know, Howard is great, is just, um, he's kind of like a, the maestro out there, you know, orchestrating everything. But he's not a scoring threat. So when he's out there, right. he's not drawing that type of attention at all. But he does calm things down. He's got a way about him that just just kind of um, organizes everything. So, But with what we've seen here from these two young men, um, you expect them to uh, get in the rotations more or what? Maybe maybe Goodine over um, Washington I don't or see. what? I mean, I still think Edwards is going to be a situation where it's going to be foul trouble. But Goodine, again, like I said earlier, he was our highest rated recruit. He can score. You can see the, the athleticism. You can see the flashes. And, again, I just think it comes down to personnel and whether or not you want Elijah Hughes to have to be the person to bring the ball up on top of the fact that he plays 40 minutes and you rely on him so much. Now, if it's going to be a situation where – they want to give Elijah Hughes a couple minutes here and there, 
drop Buddy Beheim down to a wing and then bring in Bryson alongside Joe, then you know that's something that we, that we he might flirt with. You never know. But um, Bryson Ganine, he's you can see the confidence. You can see that he's getting better. And, and coach has been talking about him in practice for the past couple of weeks. I just think that there's the difference between him and Joe is well, and him and Howard as well. It's just the confidence within the coaching staff of him being able to bring the ball up um, without making mistakes. Yeah, which is important. And, um, you know, I think Joe gets he he catches a lot of flack because he's not scoring a ton of points right now. But he, last night, though, he had a couple bad turnovers, too, to top it off. Yeah, uh, he had a couple, a couple but for the most part, passes. he gets the ball down the court in a fairly safe fashion. Yeah, he's a great ball handler for sure. For sure. But, um, you know, I think Joe gets I think Joe catches a lot of crap because people expect him to be scoring more. Yeah. But he does things that don't show up on paper, and it's important. Yeah. It's important to just point that out. So anyway, well, yeah, and, and there's a lot of you know in, in normal situations where somebody with his skill set and where his ranking was. I mean, I'm not saying he's not good, but he wasn't like a five star, high rated, you know, in McDonald's All American game. I mean, he basically has the lore of how many points he's averaged and scored, and that's all you hear about, right? So, on a normal average freshman with his ranking to come in and and just help the way that he has contribute, like that would be really, really good. And most fan bases would really would just be appreciative that they had a a true freshman that contributed like that, you know? So, but he's got that big lore on him and everybody, you know, he's a hometown kid. Everybody knows he's about two years, almost averaging 50 points a game. Like record setter. Yeah. Right. So people expect him to make everything and it's just not the case. Right. Um, at Mahirio underscore 10 on Twitter. I hope to God this game opens Bayheim's eyes on his bench. Edwards got his hands on so many passes on defense. Goodine was so active. So many encouraging things from them. Save cues from a disastrous loss. Yet the one thing, you know, when Dolish I follows out, Joe, and I'm seeing, I'm like, oh, here comes Ed, here comes Jesse Edwards, and I'm just like shaking my head. I'm telling my wife, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be bad. No. And we are down. We weren't. It's not like we were trying to hold on to a lead. We had to come back. Yeah. And for those guys to go in there and do that and be that active and just not let the pressure break them, um, they did a fantastic job. I mean, I don't think enough could be said about it for this game. I know it's just Wake Forest, but you know. Wake Forest, a team that's at the tied for last place, I think, in the ACC, um, s- still a good team. It's still a decent team. It's yeah. A team that could beat beat us, you know, on any given day. So yeah, well, we've we've talked about that as far as the depth in this in this conference, and Wake Forest has gone and beaten some teams, and they've had good. I mean, you looked, they had Louisville on the ropes at Louisville for a little while there, right? Yeah. Just last week, so. Um, you know, Olivia Sar, he was good. It definitely helped that he fouled out. That was definitely a big help. Uh, but I mean, with Jesse Edwards, you, he, he's not going to put on weight in the beginning, like in the middle of the season. Right. So, and I've seen, he's come in in a couple of games, he's gotten pushed around. And I think that you saw a game where he was going to come in and he was going to be physical, you know, and I was definitely right there with you. I was nervous, especially when I saw how much time was left in the game. Right. Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. like yeah. just Edwards for the, what five and a half six minutes oh yeah. like but again you know he's he's surprised he didn't 
have any crazy fouls. And, and I think Bryson Godine, I think he's a little bit different as far as uh, Jesse Edwards. Uh, Jesse Edwards is someone that doesn't expect to play, and he wants to go in there and just not really get look bad, right? And I think that he's looked bad a couple times, and that's why he's got the confidence to at least come in there and be so, you know, physical and not get yeah. pushed around. But Bryson Godine, he's got an expectation to where he probably – thinks internally that he thinks he should be playing a lot more minutes than he could help this team. So that's a different type of confidence. And for him to be able to go out there and actually make that, I mean, that could be, that could be a season turning play for him. And we might be able to see the guy that we thought we might be seeing at this point. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a bad problem to have uh, for Jim Beheim. It would just for him be figuring out how to get the guys out there. Jim smiling a little more at the end of this press conference than I've seen all year. And, 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 you know, I just thought he was just really, he couldn't say enough about those guys doing what they did. And you know how Jim is. He's not like, he's not like one of these guys that's smiling and laughing a lot. Like he was really happy with, with how those guys finished out the game and, and, uh, oh yeah, it's just it's, how could you not? Awesome. Oh, I know, but he's so just he's he's so stone faced all the time that it's like it was good to see from to good to see that from coach to show some um, to smile a little bit for crying out loud. It's not too much to ask for, is it? Uh, no. You got a couple more from Facebook, Joe? Yeah, Facebook. The top fan. Get back to Brandon. Brandon Busky. Oh, okay. Yep, he was uh, a big ex. <laughs> Man, I just knew we were too good to fall to a team that we just witnessed likes to shoot apparently only free throws. I like what I see. I just do. The kids we have have played down to the second. Good win. Much needed. Keeps SU in the top five for the ACC. Yeah. Man, I see where you're coming from. That is tough to read. But, um, (laughs) yeah. Right? It's not easy. Uh, I thought that I broke it down a little bit. (laughs) So, uh, to his point. He doesn't know why, but he likes what he sees. I think we can all have. I think we all have a little piece of that. Like, like you know, we've got to still work to make it to the tournament. But it feels like this team should be in the tournament. Like, I feel like they could do something in the tournament. I feel like they're good enough. I feel like they've improved so much, and I love watching them. I think they're exciting. They don't ever give up. It's not hero ball. It's it's always a team effort. They've over and every single freaking ACC win they've had, they've blown a lead. And it's come down to well, except for Georgia Tech, right? Yeah, yeah. It, and yep. it's, it's come down to you know uh, almost a cardiac cue situation, and they've persevered again. No, we knew we knew the nine conference was too good to be true, and I'm right there with sure. you. I think the that that excitement is. I mean, I was going to say that with you know when we had Zuba on, um, you know, you feel like. We could win any game, but I mean, can can't you also feel like in this you situation that we game? can lose any game, right? So yeah. as a Syracuse fan, we're kind of on. <laughs> yeah, you know, Welcome it's to just us. a young team, and I think that yeah. people understand what we do have because they see little, they see Joe Girard get hot, you know, they see Marek go and score in the high teens, tw- you know, twenty, and they're just like, if we can just get it all to click, you know, get it all figured out, maybe our defense gets a little bit better. We start getting uh, that rebound deficit a little bit closer, right? Yeah, which like, we've been slipping. Just we've these been little, slipping. right? Well, it didn't this past week, right? So, well, we we, and, we were negative ten on the boards. Yeah, again, I think that we passed the eye test when teams watch us, but at the same time, we still haven't figured out how to put away teams, and there are teams that are going to give us problems. Uh, we did talk about the fact that they had three seniors and two juniors, and a lot of those guys are the ones that stepped up. 
and uh, we necessarily didn't play that great because of the whole foul trouble and people, you know, you can't really get a good groove when you're just subbing out forwards and centers all the time. So, yeah, so is what it is, but I'm right there with you. Right. So totally. I think everybody feels a little bit of that. You got any more? Uh, yeah, actually, there was a little bit of chirp about a couple guys talking about the okay. NIT. So I'll just go with uh, Dominic from Facebook. Okay. NIT, and that's okay. I remember thinking early that it seemed like Wake, Wake's file numbers were high to ours and that the difference would actually bite us in the latter part of the game. Refs like them to be even, to be about even, which plays to what I had talked about before, how, you know, when there's some bad calls sometimes or more times than not, you know, uh, refs eventually kind of balance that you know they balance it out a little bit and i think that you know we might have got the short in the second half that was right in the middle of a of a of a you know wake force run and it was it was just a great comeback it was to have those guys come in and i don't know go ahead yeah they they had uh they had a 14 to 2 run by the way which was um i think it was close to what we had if you if you coming into the second half, no, we had an eight zero run going into the, uh, coming out of the first half, going into the second. But anyway, yeah, I think I think to, at some point it was twenty to four. Yeah. Well. Okay. Okay. Good point. Well, um, to his point though, that's not that's very observant of Dominic to to think. Oh man, we're you know, Wake's got way more fouls than us. Get ready, right? Is that what he's saying basically? So. Um, I feel like sometimes yeah. they 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 even some stuff out too, but um, it it wasn't even necessarily the number, it was like how and why, for me, you know, it's just yeah. like it's just so you know how many times this year have I come to been on the show and said I was so confused by the officiating or I was so confused by I mean it's just confusing I don't understand there's no continuity to it there's no consistency to it and it's just it's unfortunate like that we've got to deal with it every game and i'm not like you know wiping tears away but i'm just saying i just want some freaking um i want it to be clear i wish it was a little bit more clear anyway i think they should be able to play a little bit but to your point what was the game where it got a little bit out of control what was that remember when they they actually let them play pittsburgh or notre dame it's one of those two but yeah you know kind of like a balance between that but um real quick about joe too when we were talking about joe earlier in 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 the things that he does um it's been a while since we've had a guy that's chippy now joe is a counter puncher type guy he doesn't he's not going out there and chipping for no reason he's he's usually chirping back to somebody you know what i'm saying and that's another right. thing that's another thing i love about joe gerard i know a lot of fans don't like that stuff i've seen it on social media they wish he'd keep his mouth shut but you know what though i love it I love it. It's been since Eric Devendorf, really, since we've had one of those guys. You know, Frank Howard kind of did it, but Frank Howard started stuff. I don't like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't like that, but, um, you know, kudos to Joe for, for being a little chirpy. I enjoy it. All right, Joe. NC State will enter the Dome Tuesday, uh, 62nd in the net, making this a quad two game for the Orange. Syracuse has lost the last two against NC State, dating back to February 2018. You have to go all the way back to an overtime game in February of 2017 when John Gillen scored 43 points. Gillen hit 
Um, 10 of 13 from the field, 9 of 10 from 3, and he made all 14 free throws in a 100-93 to overtime win. Uh, you remember that game? You remember that game. There was a couple. Of there was a couple records in that game. I think the fourteen for fourteen from the line was one of them. Um, so far this year, NC State is led by a couple of guards. Six five, two hundred and ten pound senior CJ Bryce leads the Wolfpack in points with thirteen point seven a game in rebounds with six point three a game. Um, Bryce shoots forty eight point one percent from the field and is thirty six from three, so he can shoot the rock without a doubt. Uh, Markel Johnson, a six one, one hundred seventy five pound senior, leads his team in assists with six point six a game and. Deals with 1.9 a game. Uh, he also follows up um, Bryce in scoring per game. As a team, NC State shoots 44.5 from the field, 70.7 from the line, and 31.9 from three. So, Joe, uh, got a team that is uh, led by some veteran guys. Uh, yep. That have been around for a while, and they they know how the game is played. They've we although we haven't played them much, they've seen enough of us uh, to know you know how to how to work the two three zone a little bit. So, yeah. um, in a team that's kind of a little bit all over the place, um, reminds us uh, reminds me a little bit of kind of like us. So I feel like this is going to be this is going to be a tough game. It's not going to be an easy game for Syracuse. No, God, no. It's we're it's two teams that are <laughs> that are in the same boat. Yeah. Um, you know, we're what, fourteen and nine, they're fifteen and eight. We're very close in the net ranking. We're very close in Ken Palm. Um, they kind of have the same they're a better offensive team than a defensive team, so um but they've had to go through a lot of different things this year. I know Braxton Beverly, uh the guard that comes off the bench, usually hit some timely threes against us every time we've played in the past couple of years. Um, I know that he's been kind of hampered a little bit all year. Uh, they had other guys that had random injuries. Uh, DJ Funderburk, actually. Uh, yeah, he's another this, one. Yeah, he just got hurt this past game, and they don't even know if he's going to be part of this game or not, which obviously, I mean, I'm not going to ever cheer for somebody to get injured, but, um, you know, that just kind of helps our situation <clears throat> as far as it goes. But, yeah, um, like you said, having uh, players like Devin Daniels and C.J. Bryce, uh, Markel Johnson. I mean, you're talking two seniors and a junior. Um, Markel Johnson's tough. He's going to be a tough matchup if he ends up guarding Gerard. He's the six-one senior point guard, um, and he's he's very aggressive and very athletic. So he could definitely be a problem, and he definitely. He might not shoot a huge, like, great percentage from the three-point line, but he can get hot, and he's done it before against us. Um, and Devin Daniels and C.J. Bryce, the other two starting guards, they're both uh, 6'5", and kind of like an Elijah Hughes-type build. So uh, those guys can shoot from the outside. They can create, and those are guys that you really want to kind of look out for because those are their main scores. Uh, Funderburk was one of their main scores, but, um, again, if, if he plays uh, – then that gives them somebody who can catch that ball at the free throw line, turn around and make that jump shot. Uh, and he's athletic, um, pain on the boards. Uh, so that definitely helps us. Um, but they do have a forward, a uh, freshman forward, 6'11", 230 pounds, Manny Bates, who um, is definitely going to be another person that can definitely give us problems, but uh, not necessarily offensively as skilled as DJ Funderburg as far as um, the jump shooting and stuff like that. And uh, they do have a graduate senior transfer, uh, Pat Andre, 6'8", 220 pounds. Um, and he's another smart player, big body. 
but uh, they will definitely be at a little bit of a disadvantage, especially offensively and depth-wise, if DJ Funderburg can't play uh, this Tuesday. But either way, they still have guys that can shoot the three and get hot, and you know that's never really a good thing when it comes to oh, playing no, against two-three zone, right? That's the worst thing, actually. <laughs> so, um, right. it, you know, we're at home. It's a Tuesday night. I got, you know, I don't know what the, um, if the feeling's going to be right Tuesday night. I don't know what the weather's going to be like uh, in, in Syracuse. I know right. uh, they did turn out, though. That Saturday game was 21,000. It's pretty good. Um, so, again, though, Saturday night. But it was late. It was a primetime game, 8 o'clock. Yeah. So, um, you know, no, this, they, we should be able to score. It, right. And I guess my thing is, is stops. You know, we've struggled. This team has struggled uh, historically this year with being able to stop, um, with being able to make stops on defense. And, uh, you know, I don't know what they do to fix it, Joe. I don't know. Let me know if you have, you know, any observations there. But, um, Hmm. you know, (laughs) it's just that, you know, teams, when teams are feeling it against, once they get the zone figured out and they know where to be and they know how to work it and they know they can collapse it or this and that, kicking the ball out, once they have a game plan and they adjust, it's really tough. Uh, it seems like Syracuse has a harder time adjusting to their adjustments. So I worry about that with this team. You mentioned how, you know, how, our me- how close our measurables are, and that worries me. So, but this is a quad two game, Joe. Now, I know that. I feel like this is a must win. I feel like this is a must win because it's a home game. But is it, it is a quad two. And they're solidly in the quad two area, you know, yeah. f- for right now. So, I mean, it, you know, I'm not. I don't see them falling out of that quad two area, right? Right. And, I don't either. And again, if a lot of this, what I predict in. And what we talk about, which is going to be tough anyway, is going to be based upon DJ Funderburk and if he's, you know, his availability and, and how much he's going to be able to play. Because, you know, if that's the case, then they really only have two forwards that they usually play and rely on um, that come in. And again, Andre, he's really just a, a heady kind of body. He's they don't he's not a really big score or big stat getter. So uh, they're going to be relying a lot on Manny Bates and um He's all over the place. He gets blocks, and, and but he is a freshman. And if we get him in foul trouble, then we can get in a situation where maybe we can go a little bit smaller and and, and put in different lineups to kind of be quicker around the outside so we can close out on some of these shooters because, I mean, NC State, they were on a three-game skid, three-game losing skid, just beat Miami uh, 83-72, and... There are three main guys, uh, Daniels, Bryce, and Markel Johnson shot 42 of their 62 shots. So that's going to be their offense, and uh, that's what we have to be prepared for. And I know that Keats in the past has put a guy there in the free throw line that's that's able to make that play at that, at that free throw line and make that jumper. So it's going to be interesting to see who they put there. Yeah, um, in you know, you know, it's been a rough go for Syracuse. We haven't played NC State much once a year for the past three years, something like that. So, yeah. um, actually, I take that back. It's been four times in the past three years, I believe. But uh, regardless, um, losing the last two is always a tough game. It's always real evenly matched game, and um, you know, we'll just you know, I don't, I don't know. This one makes me nervous. NC State always makes me nervous. NC State football and basketball, they're always like right there. Isn't that weird? That's weird. Yeah. 
I've been to a lot of the games down here. I was down here when Gillen had his, what, 40-point game, and yeah. we came back against NC State. He hit that buzzer beater going to overtime. Yes. So that was the uh, we've had some game, good yeah. games against NC State, but I don't – yeah, this team – it definitely scares me. Again, the availability of Thunderbird is going to be a huge, huge issue on uh, – what I think is going to happen in this game, but and and to carry the momentum from this game, if if Syracuse can pull it out, be huge to carry this momentum, uh, you know, on the road against a no, Florida yeah, State and, in Louisville, yeah. coming up, and it's so and it's definitely important important too because um, when it comes to ACC standings, we've gotten to a point where seven and five in the ACC, we're tied with Virginia for the number four spot for that double bye in the ACC tournament, and uh, NC State's at six and six right behind us. So again, right. this. This could be a tiebreaker game between us as far as if we end up with the same record, who is ahead of, you know, yeah, the other. That so. double by huge in the in the tournament. So, um, all right, Joe, that's it, man. That's it. Yeah. I won't keep you any longer. Who won the clash? I didn't get to watch it. Was I it Chase Elliott? Jones. Eric Jones? Yeah, there was only like five cars when it oh, was. His car was tore up. Anyway. Dude, there's a bunch of cautions and wrecks. There's only five cars. Going. When they were finished, five oh, okay. or six cars at the end that were even running. They so. kept they kept wrecking. I'm like, man, I gotta do a podcast, man. I can't be. Yeah, I can't be. Well, once your boy got knocked out, then you were like, I'm ready. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's a true story. Um, all right. Well, hey, we appreciate all of you for listening, taking yes. the time out of your busy schedules to to listen to us and this mediocre show that we do. And I want to <laughs> thank my bookie. Remember, use the promo code chair. Go to mybookie.ag. Set up your uh, set up your account. Use the promo code chair when you make your first deposit match dollar for dollar. Um, got a new sponsor on the horizon I can't wait to talk about that's coming up. So um, keep your eyes peeled. It'll be fun. Are you going to talk to so, me about it first or are you going to surprise you know, me? Like, no. You know about it. You know about it. I've mentioned no, it. It's okay. been a long time coming. Um, so anyways, appreciate all of you. Thanks for participating in fan feedback. Thanks, everybody. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks to James on guitar. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Hey. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> Auto Trader.